We're not parents, but some of our best friends are. And we're here to share wisdom and observations from an unbiased non-parental I'm James. I'm Thomas. We're two non-parents interested in the world of parenting. This, this is, is Dink. Dink. Yeah, so Thomas, a question I want to ask you to start things off is, what are the lessons you heard about money growing up? What are some of the stories you're feeling really thankful for mm. or have felt thankful for or have held on to? And what are some of the lessons that you learned when you're younger that you're working to unlearn or just don't feel mm. as relevant now? Yeah, wonderful. I, I love that question because um, there's a story that immediately comes to mind um, or an image is better. And like it's me sitting on the couch um, holding a one little bottle of orange soda and like chugging it and trying to see if I could like chug it and finish it all the way through. Um, and the reason that like really comes to mind is like a cheat on like a Saturday, <laughs> very unhealthy, is like I get whatever I wanted and I would get two one liter bottles of soda. One what? I would chug and then the other I would like have and then I'd also get a bunch of gum. Um, but the reason how that's related to your story is um, we, di- we didn't grow up with a lot. Um, and we, um, grew up quite, um, again, I grew up in Kenya, so rel- it's all relative. We had a lot more than a lot of people, um, when the average, you know, person earned less than a dollar a day, but we certainly also had a lot less, um, than most of the people in my social circle. Um, but one thing that my dad always wanted us to do is like, there was always enough money for soda and there was always enough money for gum. And I've only connected in like my older life where I chew so much gum. Um, but yeah, those were the things of abundance, right? And it's because total, it would never cost more than like five bucks, maybe two bucks, which is why he always knew he could afford it. And so that was always his promise to us. Like, I will, like if you ever ask for this, I will never say no. Um, and I think the early lesson that I was learning is like, you don't need a lot to experience a sense of abundance mm. um, that you can kind of create that within your means anywhere. And I was very aware that, they, you know, we couldn't have the largest house, you know, we can always have the newest clothes, but I could always have as much orange soda as I wanted. And like that made me really happy. And so that's a lesson I, I want to take, like that abundance isn't found in a certain number out there. Mm. It's in a choice I make right here. But I think on the flip side, um, a lesson about money that I want to unlearn um, is because we had so little, there's an expectation like if you don't spend it now, it's not going to be there tomorrow. Hmm. There's always needs. And so um, I learned to kind of assume like as soon as I got money, I needed to look around to figure out where it was meant to be given away. Now, there's some very beautiful parts to that. I think it encourages generosity in the community. Mm. Um, I think it's based on a collectivist meeting of people's needs. But I really struggled to figure out how to save Mm. or how to budget, Mm. Um, you know, or how to, quite frankly, not just let my lifestyle grow in, like, direct correlation with my income. Mm -hmm. Because I did learn growing up that, like, money was there to be spent, um, or used up and not so much to be saved. Thank you for sharing all those stories, Thomas. Well, first I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because I personally see firsthand how much gum Thomas chews. <laughs> it is an abundance of gum. 
feel proud of you for how much gum you chew. I actually feel like, like by proxy, yeah. I'm part of something abundant there. Uh, I'm also just yeah reminded by how powerful the stories we learn in our childhood in so many ways mm. uh, influence us today. Um, and I know in similar ways, I have certain practices for my parents that I feel really grateful for mm. um, about about the ways they, they manage money. Um, I think maybe at different circumstances, um, they were immigrants to this country. Uh, they were hyper-vigilant about saving mm. uh, to certain ways that, you know, when I think about the financial stability I have is partially attributed to that. Mm. I think my anxiety and uh, frugality that has been borderline stingy or as in ways I've saved money in ways I've been hurtful to myself or others, that's also from my childhood. And... Mm. Yeah, just think about how powerful these mm. stories we learn from our childhood continue on. And money in general is such a topic that I know for the longest time I was taught not to talk about. Yeah, uh, And that's why I'm really excited about one of the questions we got today from one of our dear friends. And it's about money. So okay. why don't we play it? I, let's hear it. Hi, Dink. I'm a listener and fan from San Francisco. What is the role of money in making parenting easier? Spending more, for example, on a nanny means more convenience for parents, but also less time for us with kids. How do we think about balance? Mm-hmm. What a what a lovely question. Um, you know, the first thing I notice is that Matt and I. I think he'll be okay with us um, outing him on this. Um, but Matt opened with a question about money. Um, but also ended with a question about trade-offs on time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I'm really struck by is money is this incredible tool that tra- we can buy a lot of things as well as time. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that just occurs to me before we kind of dive into this is, you know, one quote I love is that money makes a very effective tool, but a very um, uncomfortable master. Hmm. Um, and I wonder, James, in your life, when has money felt like an effective tool? And when has it felt like an uncomfortable master? I'll f- first say that stories of the latter come to mind first. The mm. ways I feel I have been influenced in ways I don't feel as proud of or mm. even um, I feel some shame around in terms of the way mm. money has influenced me. I think about some of the my earlier 20s where when I was beginning to make money and I felt there was a strong obsession around saving and being as frugal as possible. And I think with some gentleness, you know, I think that was me feeling a strong sense of responsibility. That was a value I was trying to honor. Uh, there was a sense of, you know, trying to take care of a future self, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. trying to take care of future loved ones, thinking mm-hmm. about my parents, thinking about... Uh, my friends, but like very, very future oriented, but I think there's mm. a sense of care there. But I really do feel like with retrospect, that sense of, yeah, shame, because the way I was working with money in my life was actually more harmful uh, at certain points. Yes, like, mm. yes, I was saving money, but yeah, I, I, I know I was making decisions that um, would preclude me from having certain experiences that mm. like I could afford and I yeah. think actually would have brought more joy to my life. Mm. Um, I think there's there definitely some memorable circumstances where my thoughts on money probably put my friends in uncomfortable situations. Mm. And yeah, so I think a lot about, ironically, it was a position where I was graduating from college. I had a job that was paying 
I think at that point, like more than my parents were making mm-hmm. and just like, yet I felt this sense of feeling trapped or feeling this like mm-hmm. almost too strong of a sense of responsibility mm-hmm. of how mm-hmm. to spend that money. Mm-hmm. And that was probably a time in life where like, even though money was very present in the way I was making decisions and it was affecting my relationships, I don't think I had the capacity or vocabulary to talk about it. I think about in my later 20s and early 30s, I talk about money a lot. Yep. <laughs> I had a pretty transformative experience with uh, an organization that focused on those with class and wealth privilege, which I do identify as being someone who is you know, working in the Bay Area and tech companies. And it has become a tool for connecting with people because mm. I do know that money for many is an uncomfortable topic. It's a source of shame or it's a taboo topic. Mm. And it's like ironically become this like opening to connect with others mm. it's not about the spending of the money or the saving of the money mm. but just talking about money itself yeah. as this like really powerful force in our lives and just saying hey i've had discomfort about this i still have discomfort about it yeah. but i want to connect with you a loved one or yeah. because it's a topic that i know affects us yeah so yeah that's a way it's become an enabler of of connection and reflection it's still a complex topic in my life but it's actually Mm. something my relationship to my money is something i feel much more pride in these Mm. days Hmm. you know i i love that if i'm honest i don't i don't think i've ever really thought about money as something that like enables connection but as you Mm. say that absolutely you and i can connect on the topic (laughs) of money very very often um and there's just something so beautiful about that because you figured out how to channel your money or even conversations about money into the things that you deeply value. And that's immediately what comes to mind as I think about like Matt's question and the trade-off around what to spend your money on. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the things that you value and what is the most effective way to divert your money to fill the world and your world with more of that. Um, I think what can be hard about that is when that's a really easy answer in terms of in theory, but like sometimes there are multiple competing values and I'm actually hearing competing values here, which is yeah. I imagine unspoken time between Matt and his partner mm-hmm. versus time between Matt and his child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm just curious, without going too much into difficult decisions, because I think that was last session's topic, do you find that money makes it easier to distinguish between some of these hard choices in your own life, or not? I don't have a direct answer to that, other than reflecting on, I have been thinking about the narratives we've been taught about Mm. what money can offer, Mm. and I think it is so attractive because on the surface level, it offers some of the things that feel most precious to us time freedom Mm. a sense of security stability Mm -hmm. and i think for many of us those are core needs and things that we've been taught that money can help unlock Mm. you know we have that like money isn't everything yeah but it almost feels like there's an asterisk of like it is everything because it's tied to those values Yeah. yeah and i do want to start by going back to those needs because i do feel like no matter what, whether we find in money or something else, we need to find a way to honor those needs. Mm. And mm. in particular, when it comes to parenting, it does feel like some of those things get even more scarce, mm-hmm. right? The idea of time, the idea mm. of having flexibility in your choices. Mm. I'm not a parent, but we've hung out with parents <laughs> to know that's often the things that come up. Yeah. And then I can see how therefore money becomes such 
an attractive resource because if all your life, even before you had kids, you were told that money can unlock these things. Yeah. Why not double down on that, right? Yeah. And I guess the question I have, and I've been rethinking this in my own life with Sam's kids, is like, does money enable those things? Mm. It does sometimes, but not always. And Mm -hmm. I think... That's actually a question for all of us is to reflect on the cases in which we spent money to feel more free. Mm. Did it actually happen? Mm. We spent money or try to accumulate more money to mm. feel more ease. Did it happen? And it's a really personal reflection for all of us to just think about whether that has been the case. Yeah. Yeah. That, to me at least, it harkens back to, to that image of little Thomas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> little chubby Thomas with his um, two liters, uh, two, two one liter bottles of um, orange soda, Fanta, um, real sugar, always. <laughs> um, and this idea that I, I think that you can access those things at any monetary amount. Mm. Um, but I certainly know of stories where money has unlocked that, mm-hmm. unlocked mm-hmm. those values for me. Um, the A value I have is time with family Mm -hmm. and it's felt very freeing to not feel like a trip cross country is prohibitive Mm -hmm. in any way if i decide i need to do it i can do it yeah and like i remember a time when that wasn't the case Mm -hmm. you know i didn't see my parents um in college all through college because i couldn't afford a trip back home Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. and then you know like even when i started working etc so I, i i've experienced that in terms of money helping But also on the flip side, and James, you and I have talked about this, um, my experience running my startup was one of a lot of wealth of ideas and learnings, but not not a wealth in my bank account. Um, And so I definitely started my time back in a traditional tech job with a real goal of growing that money so I would feel less financially insecure. And I have indeed accumulated a lot of money in the last two years. Um, But you and I often talk about how I don't feel more financially secure necessarily. Mm. Um, And a big aha for me has been that there is no number Mm -hmm. that's going to give that to me. Um, That I just get to decide at a certain point whether whether I want that to be enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And I get to decide that at $5.00. Fifty thousand dollars, five hundred thousand, or five million, and and the number goes off. But nobody else is going to be able to do that for me, and no bank account is going to be able to do that for me. just bringing it back to what I think Matt's asking about is I think he is searching exploring what that sense of balance is for him Uh, I might be uh, projecting here but I know Matt is also thoughtful about like beyond just time and the role of money it's about like I think a common question around money and parenting it also links to other decisions right do I send my kid to a private school or a public school other decisions that are finance related uh, go beyond just time but about like who you are connected in the community and again there are questions around ease familiarity safety Mm. etc and i guess one question i offer to matt is what are the role other resources can play 
in creating some of the things he's searching for. Mm. Uh, I know one of the things, and this is my personal journey about money, is how it conflicts with my value of connection mm. at, at times. And because oftentimes we're taught that money gives us the ease to create connection. Mm. But often one, one common observation is the way we work and earn the money disconnects us mm. from the time we spend on it or maybe the jobs we do. Um, I think there's also the idea of like the things we spend money on might be actually create feelings of isolation, whether mm. it's like sending your kid to a much smaller school. So you're disconnected your community mm. or like traveling a certain way, which again, you might like be disconnected from others. And yet there are other ways to get those things other mm. than money. And mm. I often feel like what if we again go back to the needs we're going for and say, let's say money wasn't the option just for a thought experiment. Mm. Just what kind of creativity that mm. might offer like uh, you can spend money on a babysitter you might be able to figure out like um you know a collaboration with a friend where you're also like one takes care of the yeah. other person like again i'm not an expert in <laughs> the details of child rearing but i guess i just want to offer up the idea of like what are the things matt is trying to buy and mm. are there other ways to create that with other resources and again mm. i think that also welcomes in or asking the question of like what are other ways he has abundance in his life other than money because mm. i think matt is someone uh knowing him he has a wealth of resources beyond money mm. um, and i hope he mm. feels that yeah yeah i absolutely love that um it reminds me just in a, as a little anecdote um when i was new in san francisco one of the things that i found most fun to do was to put a price limit on my Saturday hmm. um, and then that's why SF Fun Cheap was so great because <laughs> when you when you're not willing to spend more than like $20 this city has like an infinite number of fun things to do hmm. right when I'm willing to spend 50 it's like go to a nice restaurant <laughs> um, and so you know that's how I discovered all kinds of museums and parks and like different hmm. events um, but anyway, the reason I mentioned that is like there's this beauty in like when we when we remove the easy option of just writing a check to deal with the issue, how much more comes out of the woodwork. Hmm. Um, but, you know, the other thing that I thought about and that you often remind me of, James, is and you were talking about it a little bit when you were mentioning the school, um, private versus public school. But I think we often have these very intense binaries mm -hmm. on things that don't necessarily have to be binaries mm -hmm. or we're allowed to ask ourselves what might a middle ground look like mm -hmm. if neither of the extremes feel right um what does it look like to hang out with the nanny <laughs> so that there's somebody else responsible for some of like the harder things but you're still getting to like enjoy some time together and with other people mm. um you know i i think i loved your idea of what does it look like not to think about a nanny but to think about some kind of like child share Mm -hmm. um, across parents. One of the things I love um, that I've seen our, some of our parents do is just gather on a Saturday with all of their kids. And basically, by pooling childcare together, everybody gets a few moments to step away mm -hmm. um, as they need to. But just this beauty of not needing to necessarily always um, choose one be between one and the other um, and how that opens up more options than we may have realized. Yeah. 
And that reminds me of like, yeah, a theme that we'll, we continue to go back to, which is the idea of a, a simple narrative mm-hmm. and why I feel like money is such a powerful and at times an oppressive role in our society is because I think it suggests a very simple narrative for mm-hmm. all of us. Mm-hmm. Like more is better. I know enough about money at this point that know that the answer is much more complex than that. Mm. And even though, um, you know, we've offered our thoughts about money, this actually also reminds me of something that a, a, a dear friend did, which is as she was having a child, she wrote to her community asking, what are some of the lessons about money you want to pass on to your children? Mm. And uh, I was fortunate to be on the email thread and the types of knowledge and the vulnerable, vulnerable things people shared uh I still remember to this day and yeah, just also just reminder to, or an offering a mat to just like, remember other parents are wrestling with this question. Mm. Um, and again, it's not only about, about parenting, but it's about our relationship to money and mm. just offering him up the opportunity to have those discussions with others as well. Mm. And that again is the resource, a resource of your community. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Um, what, well, James, actually, that makes me curious. What is the lesson about money that you would like to pass on to the next generation? The th- topic that comes to mind is how our individual and community sense of abundance is linked. Mm. Um, yeah, I do think I thought a lot about money as something you accumulate for yourself mm. or for your family. And anything you choose to give away it feels like almost something that's like separated. It's like the bonus that you give away. And that's Mm. what generosity looks like. But when I think about abundance in the relationship I want, and I hope that folks, you know, in the future can have with their money is that there, there's community abundance that's created through the idea of like, yeah, our sense of abundance is linked, the sense of individual abundance and community abundance. Hmm. That definitely reminds me of one of the days of Kwanzaa. I'm not going to specify which one um, in case I get it wrong. Um, (laughs) um, But, but just that, that the beautiful idea of, I think there are lots of communities that have understood that Mm. implicitly, this idea that there is a wealth that belongs to the community Mm -hmm. and that like that being rich can lift us all. How about yourself, Thomas? What's a lesson about money that you would want to impart to the next generation? Probably the fact that money um, will often make things feel more scarce Hmm. than they are. Almost by definition of the way we accumulate things, Hmm. things get more valuable the more scarce we believe they are. And so there's an incentive to view the world as a world of scarcity. Um, But we actually in so many ways live in a world of abundance, Mm -hmm. of opportunity, of people to love, of ways to make connection, of jobs to be had, of ways to be happy, of how to pull this together. And um, the hope lesson I would, I would hope people learn about money or would like to pass on to the generation is the ability to fight its instinct to make everything feel limited and like a zero-sum game. Hmm. And to instead be able to see the abundance and the sufficient for all that exists just under the money guys. Yeah. With that... Maybe we can close. Matt, just wishing you abundance as you try to find balance in this decision and probably many decisions you're wrestling with. 
your question has brought us an abundance of connection. Mm. I know I'm feeling that right now with Thomas and uh, hopefully offering that sense of connection to all our listeners as well. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening to Dink. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. If you're interested in having a question answered on an episode, send a recording to dinkpodcast at gmail.com. As always, thanks to our friends and supporters for being so open with sharing your stories, joys, and struggles on the journey of parenthood. And thank you to our listeners as well for the gift of your time. We We love love you all. all.